This podcast is brought to you by the American Thoracic Society. We help the world breathe. Kara Mould. I'm an assistant professor at National Jewish Health in Denver, Colorado, and I'm here with Dr. Bill Jansen, an associate professor uh, also at National Jewish Health and section head for critical care. We are talking today about the role of macrophages in inflammation and acute lung injury. Um, Bill, I just wanted to um, start out by thanking you for being here. My pleasure and asking you um, how you got interested in the field of macrophage biology. You studied uh, as an undergrad in engineering. How did you end up in immunology? I think it was, um, like many of us, it's just being in the right place at the right time. So as you mentioned, I studied engineering as an undergrad, and it was uh, actually my segue into medicine. I was doing research on artificial hearts. And when I went to medical school, I thought that that's what I would be doing for, for a career. But as I matriculated through my training, um, particularly in pulmonary and critical care medicine, I encountered Dr. Peter Henson, who was my mentor and continues to be my mentor. And uh, they weren't doing any engineering at all, but uh, Peter was doing research on macrophages at the time, particularly how macrophages clear apoptotic cells from sites of inflammation. And Peter was so incredibly enthusiastic about his research that I decided to become part of his lab. And so, um, again, it was being in the right place at the right time because at that time, there was, while there was certainly research going on in macrophages, um, it was much less so than today. It was mostly directed at clearance of apoptotic cells. Um, and since then, the macrophage has been a really hot area of in immunity and inflammation. And so uh, while I got my career started in macrophages um, at a time where phagocytosis was a big thing, now we recognize that they're central in a number of diseases. And in fact, my view is that they play a role in almost any lung disease that we can think of. So. You're a practicing pulmonologist and critical care doctor, and you study macrophages and their role in the acute respiratory distress syndrome. For years, we've thought that the epithelial cells and the fibroblasts and other uh, mesenchymal cells within the lung may be important for fibrosis and inflammation. Why did you decide to study macrophages in models of acute lung injury? I think that um, in terms of the macrophage, it interacts with all those cells that you mentioned. And so to study macrophages by themselves um, is something that I think is probably difficult and also maybe inappropriate. So I think they need to be studied in the context of all the other cells that are their neighbors and also in the context of inflammation. Now with that said, I think um, macrophages themselves are a perfect cell to study in the context of acute lung inflammation and injury because during homeostasis they serve as sentinels. If one thinks about it, the only cells that are in contact with the ambient environment in the lung are the 
epithelial cells and the macrophages. So they serve as an interface between the environment, at least the airspace macrophages do, they serve as an interface between the environment and our bodies. When one breathes, uh, the air is lo loaded with particulates and microbes. Those have to be eliminated and or cleared in order for us to maintain health of the lung. And so the macrophages are pivotal there. When a threshold is, is exceeded, then the macrophage can respond to the agents and, and they do so by engulfing them and also by initiating inflammation. And so they're pivotal towards the uh, initiation of inflammatory responses. But as the inflammatory response progresses, macrophages then become important in suppressing inflammation and promoting tissue repair. And so to me, they're an incredibly exciting cell because they're really involved in all phases of the acute inflammatory response. They can be viewed as beneficial cells, and, and I would say that in general, um, they provide beneficial functions, but they can also be viewed in terms of the pathogenesis. And in some settings, they can contribute to inflammation or uh, tissue damage. Great. So there's been a, quite a few studies that have come out in recent years uh, starting to look at all of the different roles of macrophages as you described. But it seems like we're still a few years behind the T-cell bi biologists and the B-cell biologists. What do you think are the biggest challenges to understanding the role of macrophages in uh, inflammatory systems, especially those uh, that you mentioned, ARDS and inflammatory lung disease? Great question. I think I would say that there are at least four challenges. And I would say those are challenges of location, plasticity, function, and then availability. And so what do I mean by those? So first of all, location. So we know that there are at least two subsets of macrophages in the lungs during homeostasis. The first subset are the airspace macrophages, often termed alveolar macrophages. Those are on the luminal side of the lung, and as I mentioned before, they interface with the ambient environment. There aren't any macrophages in the vasculature, although there are monocytes there. But then we're left with the interstitium, and so that's the tissue that's not occupied by the airspaces or the vasculature. And we know that there are macrophages in the interstitium. But beyond that, we don't know completely where the macrophages are. So if we take the airways, for example, we know by bronchoalveolar lavage that we can, we can retrieve macrophages, but we have not yet quantified where they are in terms of location by airway level. The view has historically been that there's one macrophage per alveolus, uh, but that's been challenged. And in fact, there are probably multiple airspace macrophages in each alveolus, and there may be macrophages at different levels of the tracheobronchial tree. We have yet to define that, so that is certainly a challenge. An even bigger challenge in terms of location is determining where the interstitial macrophages are. It's long been held that, um, at least to some degree, the interstitial macrophages are in the alveolar interstitium, and while that may be true, 
we believe now that a large number of the interstitial macrophages reside more proximally in the bronchovascular bundle. So really determining the location of those macrophages will be important going forward. The second challenge is plasticity. It's one of the things that makes the macrophage special, but it also makes it difficult to study. And by plasticity, I mean that the macrophage can change its function depending on the environment in which it resides and the growth factors, cytokines, and substances that it's exposed to. And so if we consider a resident alveolar macrophage, its function during homeostasis is one of the sentinel. It may also participate in maintenance of the alveolar epithelium. Uh, but during exposure to acute inflammatory stimuli, the alveolar macrophage can then be a pro-inflammatory cell that produces pro-inflammatory cytokines and engulfs pathogens. Whereas later in the process, it may be important in clearance of apoptotic cells and may promote epithelial repair. So this plasticity makes it somewhat of a challenge to study because we need to be quite aware of what the milieu is that the macrophage resides in. The other thing that makes the issue of plasticity difficult is that the macrophage changes its programming quickly. And so if we want to study macrophages outside of the lung, we put them in cell culture. But we know that as almost soon as they enter the cell culture environment, they'll change their programming. And so putting a macrophage in media on a substrate of plastic is very different than having the macrophage in the lung itself. So plasticity is a hurdle that is also uh, an opportunity that we need to address. The next is function. The problem with uh, macrophage plasticity is that function can change quickly, as I mentioned. One of our, historically, one of the ways to assess function has been through flow cytometry and the use of cell surface markers. But that really only gives a small part of the story. Um, and in fact, assessing a number of cell markers and equating those to a classically activated macrophage, in other words, M1 macrophage or an alternatively activated macrophage, doesn't really do the, the issue of function justice. I would argue that to use surface markers to assess function is, is fraught with hazard. And instead, we should really be looking at particular functions and describe macrophages in that way. Now again, studying function is difficult because when we put macrophages in cell culture, their function will change. And so we have to study function in in vivo systems, and we have to do it um, with the knowledge of the surrounding cells and the milieu. The last issue is availability. And I think this has been uh, something that has impacted our field as well. So by availability, I mean availability of primary macrophages. We can get alveolar macrophages from humans or from animals by, by bronchoalveolar lavage. And so studying them from lavage is something that we can do. Interstitial macrophages are different. 
the only way to get those is to get tissue. And the availability of, of tissue from humans is, uh, is scant. Um, our sources are minimal. And so we need you know, excised tissue, um, either from biopsies with disease or from areas around lung tumors, which I would say are not normal tissue, or from explanted lungs. So to study macrophage, interstitial macrophages in humans is, is very difficult. And that's really just due to the ability to get those cells. So in summary, I'd say location, plasticity, function, and then availability are the main challenges that I see. Great. So with those caveats in mind um, and incorporating all of these new techniques that are on the horizon with single cell uh, sequencing and the ease of RNA sequencing in general, what do you see as the next big breakthroughs in macrophage biology, specifically in terms of their inflammatory pro programming? So the, I think there may be a couple breakthroughs on the horizon. Um, we're in the midst of one right now. You mentioned single cell techniques. And um, single cell um, RNA sequencing is, um, is a hot area right now. And it's one that enables us to identify transcription of cells, of individual cells. And so what that will enable us to do in the very near future is to identify subsets of macrophages that exist in either the alveolus or the interstitium and to determine, um, at least get a, a handle on some of the functions that those subsets of macrophages may have. The problem with these single cell technologies is that we lose anatomic information. And so um, by digesting along, getting a single cell suspension and sequencing, we lose all that spatial information. And what we really need to be able to do is determine the function or programming the macrophage in the context of, program, of, of um, anatomy or location. And so I think in the very near future, what we'll see is um, a combination of histologic approaches and single cell technologies that will enable us to understand the transcriptome of the macrophage in the context of the cells that are around it. Another thing that um, I see going forward are new technologies that will enable us to target macrophages therapeutically. At present, um, our main therapeutics are ones that hit almost any cell in the body. And those are the ones that we use clinically. Having a way to target macrophages in the context of disease is gonna be a way um, to really generate therapeutic breakthroughs. And so on the horizon are different nanoparticles and other, um, other uh, scaffolds that can encase either drugs or perhaps even oligonucleotides that can be used to pro reprogram macrophages. And so that'll be an important tool research-wise and also therapeutically. And so I, I see that in the next few years, we'll have targets for macrophages that are druggable and delivery devices that may be able to target the macrophages specifically. The other thing that's on the horizon are um, 
platforms that can integrate omics studies. And so by that, I mean that if we can take single cell transcription data and integrate that with pro proteomic data, metabolomic data, etc., we'll have a but much better handle on what the macrophage is really doing in the in vivo setting. Transcriptomic studies on only are the tip of the iceberg. And so the better we can integrate all these omic studies, uh, the, the more information we'll have about macrophages. Right now, the bioinformatic approaches are expanding rapidly, but they're really not at a place where we can integrate these things seamlessly, particularly in the context of the surrounding cells. Great. Can you talk specifically about how you see macrophages being, as you say, druggable or uh, targeted in different types of lung diseases, for instance, do you think um, macrophages will be targeted the same in interstitial fibrosis as they would in inflammatory lung diseases or in diseases like COPD that are chronic over time? Yeah, so I think, um, I think they'll almost certainly be targeted in different ways, and that would really depend on disease that's being uh, treated. So take, for instance, fibrosis. The current view is that macrophages participate and even orchestrate tissue repair. And so tissue repair is a good thing. If you have acute lung injury, have damage to the epithelium, endothelium, you want to, you want to be able to repair that. And in many cases, um, fibrosis is an important part of repair. If one cuts their skin, Fibrosis is necessary to promote that wound healing, but critically, the fibrosis goes away, or the collagen gets degraded. But if we think about a disease such as IPF, uh, the collagen remains. And so there are two ways to approach that. The first would be to ask the question, is there still collagen that's being laid down? The answer there is probably yes. And if the collagen is still being laid down in those diseases, um, one possibility is that the macrophage is driving that response. We know from animal models that we, if we delete macrophages that arise from circulating monocytes, which we call recruited macrophages, that uh, bleomycin-treated mice have a significant attenuated uh, fibrotic responses. And so we think that the macrophages are promoting those fibrotic responses. So a targeted therapy would be to either delete those macrophages or to change their programming such that they're not promoting collagen synthesis by fibroblasts. A second approach would be to alter macrophage programming so that they help degrade the collagen and promote its engulfment. And so there would be two potential therapeutic strategies there. One would be to simply eliminate the macrophages or turn off their profibrotic programming. The other would be to uh, alter their programming and improve their ability to create collagen. So that is fibrosis. If we would take a different disease, such as COPD, the view in COPD is that the macrophage is pro-inflammatory and that elaboration of pro-inflammatory pro mediators can lead to damage of the alveolar epithelium. 
So in that setting, we may want to turn off the pro-inflammatory aspects of macrophage programming. And so there, a therapeutic might be one that turns off inflammation rather than addresses production of growth factors or um, promotes collagen synthesis. So I think that depending on the disease, the available therapeutics may be very different. And targeting the macrophage in either of those diseases may prove to be beneficial. The same is certainly true in acute inflammation um, and or acute lung injury. In that context, we view the macrophage as initially being pro-inflammatory. Uh, the side effect or collateral damage that occurs as a result of that inflammation is damage to the alveolar epithelium. So ideally, we would have therapies that can attenuate that robust inflammatory response, but yet enable clearance of pathogens and inhaled substances. So we, have, we still need to have some way to control the, the um, bacteria or virus or whatever pathogen has caused that damage or caused that uh, insult, but we need to be able to um, repair. So that's how I think uh, therapeutics could target macrophages, and it has to be disease-specific. And I should also add, it has to be time-dependent. The macrophage may exist for many weeks or months in that environment, and so um, the programming that we drive may need to be time-limited. Right. So you've outlined for us quite nicely that macrophages are complicated. They're heterogeneous depending on their location within the lung. They change over time and depending on what stimulus they're exposed to. They can be difficult to come by if we're trying to study human macrophages, especially those in tissues. And we know that their surface markers don't always correlate with their function. So we've had lots of years to think about this, and we have great collaborators. What do you suggest for people who have not had quite as much time to think about macrophages and all of the caveats that come with studying them, and they have a uh, disease uh, system that they would like to begin to investigate the roles of macrophages and their programming states? Can you give us some pointers as to how to um, address all of the challenges that are uh, present when studying macrophage biology? Well, so that's a difficult question. I would say first and foremost it's good to have a collaborator <laughs> that works with macrophages um, because of their complexity that you mentioned. However, I'd also say that um, one can begin to work with macrophages by taking advantages advantage of some very simple concepts. So the first concept would be that function of the macrophage is more important than its cell surface markers. I think a lot of people get to hung up get hung up on whether a macrophage is an M1 macrophage or an M2 macrophage. And those definitions of M1 being alternative I'm sorry, classically activated versus M2 being alternatively activated mean different things to different people. So it's best to understand the function of the macrophage and for a researcher, particularly one that's entering the field, to really think about what function he or she wants to pursue in the context of the disease. 
So let's take pneumonia, for example. As I mentioned before, the macrophage can be viewed as an important inflammatory signaler. It can also be important in clearance of pathogens and can be important in later phases in promotion of repair. That's a lot. The specific research question, however, may be a very simple one. And that is, in the context of a, a certain inflammatory disease, will alteration of a molecule change macrophage function? In which case, the researcher may decide that engulfment of bacteria is the most important function. So forget M1, M2, and forget surface markers that would suggest that a macrophage is classically activated. Look at the particular function. So really study how does the macrophage clear bacteria? Or if the interest is inflammation, look at production of pro-inflammatory mediators. So in other words, it's best not to get pigeonholed in terms of an M1 versus M2 uh, paradigm, but rather think about a specific function. The other advice I'd have is to, to again think about location. And while alveolar lavage is a nice way to retrieve macrophages, I think one should not get so hung up on that as a, um, as a single uh, method that histology is ignored. One can learn a lot by looking at location. And so in all of our studies where we look at lung injury, we incorporate histologic approaches that can certainly tell us where the macrophages are located in the lungs and can also give us a sense of whether inflammation is patchy, whether it's confined to proximal or distant airways, etc. So I think uh, incorporating histology is, is a useful thing to do, particularly for in vivo systems. One thing I should mention uh, in that context is that um, when looking at histology, one has to take fixation methods into consideration. And so a common technique for many of us uh, that fix either mouse lungs or human lungs is to inflate the airways with a fixative. Sometimes that's agarose, sometimes that might just be formalin. Uh, when we do those inflations, we can drive airway macrophages distally. So if macrophages are in the large airways, for example, and we instill liquid, it may wash all those macrophages into a more distal portion of the lung. And so it may be best to inflate with air and then fix through the vasculature or to, um, to fix in other fashions. That's just a, a caution. Nonetheless, I think that um, employing histologic methods is, is something important to consider. Bill, can you also talk about the concept of cell origin and how that adds yet another com layer of complexity to studying macrophages? When I started in your lab, that was my main project, this idea that we have macrophages that are in the tissue from birth that self-renew over the life of an animal or a human, and we have macrophages that mature from circulating monocytes or from perhaps interstitial macrophages. Do you think it's important to differentiate uh, cell origin when assessing macrophage programming? Great question. I think it depends on um, the overall experimental question or overall, overall disease. Certainly, the issue of origin has been one of the most uh, exciting 
themes uh, during my career as a macrophage cell biologist. When I started in Peter Henson's lab, the prevailing view was that circulating monocytes constitutively trafficked to the tissues and that they matured into macrophages, which had um, long half-life, but ultimately died and were placed, replaced by macrophages, I'm sorry, um, monocytes from the circulation. And we now know that that's not true. There have been a number of elegant lineage tracing studies done in rodents. We can't do those in humans, but we think the results are the same. And as you alluded before, what these studies show is that um, during embryogenesis, monocytes from either the fetal liver or yolk sac migrate to organs where they then mature into macrophages. This is true for almost any organ in the body, including the brain, the heart, the skin, the kidney. So these fetal monocytes mature into macrophages. And in the case of the lung, the monocytes are there when we take our first breath. They enter the air spaces and mature into macrophages. And then as you point out, they replicate locally throughout our lives. And so the macrophages that we have in our lungs now are direct descendants of the macrophages that were there when we took our first breaths, which is a really cool thought. Um, however, in the context of inflammation, things change. And so if an acute inflammatory stimulus is provided to the lungs, the local macrophages, which I'll term resident macrophages, proliferate and so the size of their pool increases. At the same time, monocytes from the circulation traffic to areas of inflammation or injury, and those monocytes will mature into monocyte-derived macrophages, or what we often call recruited macrophages. Therefore, in the acutely inflamed lung, two populations of macrophages coexist in the same environment the resident macrophages, which are embryonically derived, and the recruited macrophages, which essentially derive from the bone marrow and circulating monocytes. So those are two very different macrophages in terms of origin, and as you've shown in your research, they have very different functions. Now, whether those functions are maintained or whether they change over time is an important question. And I think you and I would both agree that as, plas as very plastic cells, that their programming does change quite a bit over time. You've shown that resident macrophages are fairly stable in their programming, whereas the recruited macrophages can be very pro-inflammatory early, but as inflammation resolves, they may be pro-reparative. Certainly in the context of fibrotic models of injury, such as Leomycin model, those same recruited macrophages that appear to be reparative are also the ones that are pro-fibrotic. And so determining cell origin can be useful. On the other hand, studies to determine origin can be somewhat difficult. And certainly in mice you need uh, um, special transgenic models that enable lineage tracing. Not every researcher has those. So in some respects, pinning down origin 
might not be the most critical thing. What might be important is to recognize that, at least in acute diseases, that we have two populations of macrophages and that they may have a division of labor and that they almost certainly have different functions. And so to treat all macrophages as a uh, homogeneous population is almost certainly not correct. We need to acknowledge that there's heterogeneity there. So what does that mean for the researcher? Well, what it means is that um, certain cell markers could be used to divide those cells apart. Uh, in other settings, maybe the macrophages could be studied as a single unit with the knowledge that there are probably subpopulations there. And so, depending on the research question, one will have to address origin, or one may simply be able to acknowledge that there are subsets of macrophages that exist. Depending on the model, the ratios of those subsets may differ, but ultimately, recognizing that heterogeneity exists is, important, is an important factor. Great. Well, I'd like to thank you for your time and your perspective. Uh, certainly, it seems that macrophages are complex, and um, experimenting with them is going to open up lots of avenues for potential therapeutics in the future. Um, we look forward to hearing more from you then.